Hello and welcome to another edition of Cheers PA Beer Talk. I'm your host, Mike Lintel, and I'm really excited. This guy today is one of my favorites, uh, one of the most cleanest, technicalist brewerists of all the brewers in the state of Pennsylvania. He's amazing. Uh, this is David Kozlowski, a head brewer and co-founder of Gearhouse Brewing Company in Chambersburg, PA. David, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here, Mike. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So the first question we like to kick off before we get into uh, a little more of the detailed stuff is, what is the first beer that made you care about beer? What's the one that brought you over to the craft side? Do you have a memory or is that so long ago that you just appreciate all beer? You were born with good beer in your veins. I was kind of born with good beer in my veins, actually. That's true. But I had started originally in the wine world. I was working for a winery in Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, we were a 400-acre property with about 185-plus acres under vine, 17 different varietals, and we were barrel aging and bottling and, you know, 15, 10 to 15,000 cases of wine a year production. That's incredible. I never knew that about you. Yeah, so I learned a lot starting there. And in that time frame, Flying Dog actually made their jump from Colorado to Frederick, Maryland, and my wife and I were living in Frederick at that time. So I made the transition after two homebrew batches as my first ever. One was a nut brown and one was a chocolate cherry stout. And neither of them actually made it to bottling. They were gone before they were completely finished. And that's its own story. But that showed me how much more technical and how much more uh, difficult actually brewing can be. There's a lot more variables involved. And so it's not similar to wine where it's a one single crop you get that one package out of the, the crop for that year, and it's good or bad whether or not it's received well. Beer we can make year-round, and so that creates its own challenges. Interesting. Now, I guess that's where some of your uh, background and interest in barrel-aging your beers and some of your more one-off single-year formats, of like your commitment to doing some of those yearly beers seems to maybe come from your uh, background in making the wine where you're doing those time and place capturing a moment type of a packaging? I, yeah, for the most part, we, we are doing something along those lines. We are celebrating our fifth year anniversary this coming December. So we have five special beers that are going to be planned for a release party in December. And they're going to be very, very different from what we've ever done before. So look forward to that in the future. And we'll be providing some more details as that date gets closer. That is an incredible tease. And uh, yeah, please stay tuned to that because you're not going to want to miss those. Anything that you make, whether it's simple or whether, you know, you don't tend to embellish much. You are very, in my opinion, technical brewer in terms of you stand by the process and you are not afraid to put out simple beers that are just exceptional because they're done so well. You care about ingredients and you care about the process. You know, you. you're not one that needs to hide behind ingredients uh, a lot of times. So I've always appreciated that about you. But when you do take your shots, you hardly miss. I mean, your partnership with Nathan Miller and that chocolate porter for what it was, was outstanding. Like someone that actually cared to put excellent chocolate in yeah, a beer, sure. like it showed and it made, it made me care about that style. And it wasn't just like a eh, throwaway ingredient in, you know, punching up some chocolatey notes in a beer. Like you care about when you put something in a beer, it always seems to be from a point of caring about where that ingredient comes from. Absolutely. Yes. I, I would say that we have always strived to not just follow the Reinheitsgebot, but loosely even. And as you said, when we do take our shots and we go off the wall from time to time, they don't usually land far off the mark. I have to say that, you know, I have a number of years of brewing under my belt now with my experience. We have two new assistant brewers that I've been training here in the last few weeks. 
and we've got a whole bunch of new staff here at GearHouse. We've been making a bunch of new changes with our new outdoor stage setup, live music every Thursday and Saturday for the most part, and a pizza trailer providing wood-fired pizzas. So it's not just the beer that GearHouse is providing. It's the entire format and experience. And we're striving to meet that same criteria across the board, not just with the beer again, but even with our cocktail ingredients, we source locally, we grow some of our ingredients here on the property and those get turned into simple syrup flavorings or we use them for certain dishes. We pull hop sprigs off the hop yard every year and we do some hop pickling or some hop vin balsamic that we use in pizza recipes now, as well as some of our salad dressings. Well, I have to say that you've always, in my opinion, cared about every detail like a fine dining restaurant in terms of the way your brewery has always taken care of the food the guest experience everything seems very well managed and meticulous and to hear that you're recommitting to food and the guest experience and adding more layers to that is outstanding because you already did such a great job with it i have no doubt that what you're going to be offering moving forward is going to be something even more of a unique experience that's great for the community of Chambersburg, as well as, you know, the surrounding areas. I mean, you guys have such a great hold of experiential events when you do something. I'm excited to see GearHouse getting back into that as uh, things start to open more up for people. We're excited too, yeah. Absolutely. The nice thing about where you're located is there's so much to do around there. Tell me a little bit. I know that the GearHouse team originally came together around beer and biking. Uh, What about the surrounding area, you know, know, maybe a cyclist or a rider that doesn't know the treasures that exist right outside of GearHouse? I'd love to hear your perspective on that. So for anybody who's not familiar, Chambersburg is about six miles west of Caledonia and Michaux State Forest. So Caledonia is a state park. There's a bunch of hiking trails, cycling trails. There's a reservoir for kayaking, no swimming allowed, but dogs are allowed in the water, I think. And there's there's miles and miles and miles of hills and trails and roads for road cyclists as well. And then Michaux carries into that even further since those two parks actually border each other side by side. And then on top of that, we have all of our country roads and and back roads around Chambersburg. They can be nice and windy, a little bit hilly. So there's a little bit of something for everything. We have our rail to trail park here in town. We have a dirt park here in town off of King Street. Gearhouse actually did a fundraiser a few years back and we put in our bicycle repair stand and we convinced the borough to add a water station uh, so that everybody who's interested in trying to be out and about and stay healthy and perhaps ride their bikes Uh, gets to be a part of that, and GearHouse gets to be represented a little bit in that. To carry that through, yes, GearHouse itself was named because of our love for cycling. We are three married couples, and one married couple met my wife and I at a mutual friends gathering and get together. And they turned out to be the only ones that were carrying craft beer that they brought along to share. <laughs> Make Everybody else yeah. found a liquor or a really cheap macro beer. So <laughs> I was at Flying Dog at the time and we had brought some Flying Dog brews with us. We started chatting with them, ended up going out to dinner once or twice, started to make good friends with them. They introduced us to the other couple, Candace and Jesse. So the first couple are Heather and LeVan. They're both retail pharmacists. They come from that business background and they make a lot of the decisions when it comes to that front of the house experience and making sure that we're planned and ready ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then Candace and Jesse come from various backgrounds. She's also been in sales as well as construction. And Jesse's been around construction and landscape architecture since college. She has a degree in that. 
So most of our outdoor space, either he designed and or did himself, or he had his crew help him from his job site. He works for a local landscaping firm here in town that is pretty big, actually. They do a lot of accounts with sheets and some other gas stations and whatnot. Well, that makes a lot more sense then, because like you said, every detail was very curated. And now it makes sense, given what the makeup of the team is into how everyone plays to their strengths and it's effortless. And, you know, you bring in the right people and you've had experience of doing things for the community. You mentioned, you know, you, your interest in the water station and the bike repair station. You do a lot of community outreach uh, at the brewery. Yeah. And where does that interest come from? Or is it just a known responsibility that you've taken since day one? We take it as a known responsibility on our behalf. Uh, we as a local business want to make sure we're supporting other local businesses as much as we want our other local customers to support us in the same way. Hence the reason we're sourcing from Wilson College for a lot of our microgreens because they have an agricultural program. Um, Eleven Oaks and Trickling Springs that are also local farms are providing a lot of our ground beef and our steak for our cheesesteak sandwiches. Uh, some of our chicken for the chicken sandwiches. Unfortunately, wings are really difficult, so they have to be sourced frozen. But we, we strive to try and fill in every ingredient from another local business, and we do try to showcase that as much as possible. And it doesn't just happen to be with the beer. It is with the food, and it is with the cocktails as well. Yeah, but then there's another level to it because you'll do philanthropic events as well where you're raising money coming up for the uh the veterans collapse yes yeah 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 that's uh, uh, Gap, yes we're working with yeah, Mellon, Gap too. yeah you have some great events you seem to just always be doing things to put your name not just out there because you want recognition but you're putting your name onto things that you believe in and that's nice as you build out the community around the brewery and you know to care for the community around your brewery Precisely. We, we want everybody in our community to understand that the brewery is here and here to stay, but we want to be beneficial to the community. We understand not everybody imbibes, but we also have mocktails and soda and clean water for everybody so that people can come and have the same experience with their family or their friends or significant other, and they don't have to feel left out. We can Absolutely. try to provide everything as much as possible for almost every customer that walks through our door. Well, and just to walk through your door, your space is gorgeous. It's the most unique in terms of the curated, but just it's a nice old building that you have rehabbed just miraculously and, and doing some really cool things. And there's enough space where you can continue to grow and evolve the business in there. But it's a treasure of architecture that doesn't exist anymore. And instead of just knocking it over and building something new and modern, you decided that the character was what is going to be built around. And you really showcase that uh, with all the different spaces that you have throughout. Are there any besides the outdoor stage uh, this year? Uh, you just Is it always a continual evolution or do oh, you feel? Yeah. We, we are reinvesting in our company every single year. We as owners rarely get much in the way of a uh, kickback or anything like that. I am paid as an employee being the head brewer, but there's no profit sharing or anything like that that's taking place at GearHouse. We literally are reinvesting everything we can back into the company to make sure that our staff has everything they need. And we can continue moving forward and growing as a brewery and as a community business. Most of our customers tell us because they're all local. I call it a diamond in the rough because Chambersburg is pretty far removed from a lot of people. And the travel it takes to get to us, if you haven't been to us before, sometimes is going to make that argument for you. But at the same time, 
we are striving all the time to make sure that everything can be as good as it should be. Oh, it's man. In my opinion, you are doing on a like world class high like high end dining experience. Like you're ma- nailing all the marks. The stuff that people in that industry that you know what we care about, you're doing all of those things and you're doing it effortlessly. Like that's where you can separate the people that are trying too hard and the ones where it's important and the people that they have in there, they understand that importance because they share that importance. And it it starts somewhere, I'm guessing close to the middle with you and the, you know, the co-ownership team, but you've done a great job of expressing that ethos outward to all the people that you've brought in from the beginning. And it's just, it's effortless, man. You guys are doing a great job. It's worth the visit just for the experience of effortless service where you don't have to feel rushed. You don't have to feel like you're doing anything. You shouldn't be. Everybody's welcome. It's just, it's an excellent space and you guys do such a great job with that. So Thank you. I'm glad yeah. you think it's effortless because it's not. We just make it look easy. Yes, sir. Yeah. No one ever sees how fast the duck's paddling under the water, but you know, it's a, it's a smooth ride up top for those who are right above. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to ask another question that I've been asking uh, on these and do you miss beer festivals? I mean, the, there's goods and bads. I mean, where do you fall on the spectrum of like, if you've had some time apart? Do you miss it? Do you, you, do you late night want to text the beer festival or you're like, I am done. I'm glad that is out of my I would life. I love to attend a beer festival as a customer and not as a, a, a vendor. Uh, but yes, we miss them. Uh, I have to say Pennsylvania holds some really fantastic ones. Gettysburg has been in our past before. Lidditz is one of my favorite absolute festivals I've ever attended. And then, you know, we've been to the Lancaster Beer Fest. We've been to Harrisburg Beer Week and all of that. They're always a great time, especially when it's a chance for us to get a little bit closer to those who have not been to Gearhouse yet, but they maybe have heard about us through somebody else or traveled through and stopped once. And that's an opportunity for us to try and, and maintain those relationships with those other brewers as well as those other customers. Absolutely. Now, I have to say another thing that you guys were 100% right on was seltzer. I mean, you've been making giggle water for years, like years upon years ahead of what this trend is right now. So here's your flowers. man. not making it this year. No, (laughs) probably not. We'll see that that has not been finalized. But I do have most of our production schedule already done for the rest of this year. We did just release last week a 3% shandy consisting of 50% lemonade that we crafted here in the brew house, boiling water and sugar and adding lemon puree. Oh, that sounds good. To a 6% base golden ale. So it really just tastes like fizzy lemonade. Haven't had it yet. It is available here. It's on draft as well as in cans. That's worth the trip right there. I mean, Shandy's are good at their concept. And when done, you know, proper, they're exceptional. But when you start putting in some of those other ingredients, you start cutting corners and trying to you know, save a few dollars and make it a little easier. I don't think that it translates necessarily through like some of those commercial shandies to me just miss the mark. They're too sweet. Right. They're too one noted. And you don't get you don't feel like you're drinking a beer, but you also it, it just lands flat to me. Uh, so it's nice to hear some. We yeah. did some sampling of some of those macros in the market. And I I would argue that this one is really, really much better. It is still a little sweet. We did our best to try and cut it down, and it's got plenty of that lemon citrus flavor and profile, so it really does just taste like fizzy lemonade, but it does have a little bit of that malt backbone on the end. It's important. A a nice rattler. You know, beer was made for biking, especially in the summer. Hot beers and low alcohol, you know. it's And that's the fun thing is teaching other people about these styles, too, because a rattler is typically going to be blended at the bar. You're going to mix your flavoring or your syrup or your juice and then pour the beer on top. 
whereas a shandy is specifically going to be lemon and lime or just lemon. Uh, and then it's actually brewed into the beer specifically. So it's already mixed ahead of time. You'll always learn something. Now, I'm guessing this has something to do with your recent joining of the Shippensburg Brewing College program. Uh, you guys have been doing that for a little while. Yeah, it, courses. We're wrapping up another one that we've been working on f- since January. Uh, we were teaching some farmers about growing hops specifically for the brewing industry, and most of those students were here in Pennsylvania. We had one in Maryland and one in Ohio as well. All those classes have been online for this past year due to COVID, of course, but we did have a recent gathering on April 10th where we got to do a social distancing meet and greet. Uh, everybody got to try a beer specifically that we had discussed that style and that hop variety in particular. And then we actually got to go attend Gems Farm in Carlisle and then see the hop yard in person, see some of the equipment that it takes and have a better understanding of what it's like to even grow hops specifically for the brewing community. Uh, and that was a decent turnout. We had about 28 students in that class. Uh, and when you have, I think, one more session next week, and that one's wrapped up. Now, talk to me about the importance of growing brewers, but also the brewing culture and industry in a state that has all the raw ingredients to do it, but maybe kind of lost some of those traditions along the way and why that kind of plays well with what you're doing. And I think that's kind of the key point that a lot of us involved in this program are are trying to elicit. We're more interested in teaching people what real true beer started with, because if you don't know how to make true clean beer, making an adjunct beer is just going to be that much more difficult. Having that base knowledge and understanding the cleanliness, the procedures, the SOPs that it takes, understanding the differences in equipment and how different vessels operate, whether they're heated via electric or steam or maybe indirect or even a direct fire system. They all have their pluses and minuses. There are a lot of people who are interested in being brewers. They see people like me and think that this is a great job and all I do is just make beer and drink beer all day long. So we want to make sure that we educate people, especially as they're coming into that age and they're joining the workforce If they have a strong science and math background, that's something that's going to be beneficial. That's going to make you a better brewer. But there's so much more involved that you have to understand the water chemistry. You have to understand the biology and the microbiology of fermentation. You have to understand the chemistry and the physics of carbonation and canning and packaging and making sure that your packages are going to be clean and representing and not out in a market so long or out on a shelf so long that somebody eventually buys it and it's way past its prime. It's very involved. There's a lot of different instructors and other brewers that are involved in this as well. Shippensburg intends to start a a full-on baccalaureate program for fermentation sciences, similar to UC Davis, uh, as well as Blacksburg, Virginia Tech. They're They're starting to crop up a little bit more across the country because the interest is there. We've seen the growth in the industry, and it doesn't necessarily focus on beer. We're talking about fermentation as a whole science. So this is more of a food industry thing because cheese is fermented. Bread is technically fermented. Liquor is obviously fermented before it's distilled. Wine, cider, mead, all of these things have some portion of this process, including kombucha, uh, and it could be alcoholic or not. So we want to try and, and bring that knowledge as a whole into the community of people who are interested in joining this workforce and ultimately are going to be taking those reins from us down the road. Yeah, but these are old world skills. This is something I've always struggled with is, you know, go to college, get a degree, learn something. And you go there and you spend this money at a time when you maybe you do or don't know what you are. And then if it doesn't stick, what do you have other than some like 
some what skills, you know, so like teaching people how to do things that could benefit them across the board, whether it's like you said, fermentation, you can do a lot with that. You're seeing the rise in pickling and kombucha and kimchi, like all these different things that three generations ago, people just did naturally because it was part of survival and the things that you actually benefited from food is medicine and whatever you want to believe. But like, these were all hard skills that we have. And now at least you could come out of a degree program and have some hard skills versus just something, you know, it's like, oh, I, uh, you know, literature and like, I like books. More and- than just a basic understanding of the process and probably even more than just a basic understanding of the regulatory process as well, because all of that falls under FDA regulations now. Well, absolutely. And one of the things I hear a lot is, you know, starting into brewing is, well, I didn't realize how much paperwork there was, how much regulation, all this stuff, like how much paperwork you have to do to make a beer and get it to someone to drink it as a professional. It's so hard if you don't have that background or those set of skills and like to start out and do it yet. That's my whole filing cabinet. And one drawer is nothing but beer paperwork alone. Just beer. And it's not, I mean, you make a lot of beer, but not like a lot, a lot of beer. So I mean, not a lot, not as many as some people No. Yeah. But they have much bigger cabinets. I'm sure for their beer paperwork. Or it's all digital. Yeah. Oh no, man. Paper is the way to go. Uh, well, paper's required by the feds. So exactly. Yeah. You got to I mean, you got to keep your, uh, Got to keep yeah, we have to keep clean. copies of our records for five years at a time with the federal government, three years at a time for the state government. And that fluctuates whatever state you're operating in. Well, I am not surprised that your filing is as clean and meticulous as your beer in your brew house. Because every time I've gone through there, man, it's painstaking. I know you guys work hard at it. Is it because of the giant windows from the tap house? And you're worried about people watching you and seeing things. So you guys take it very seriously. Oh, yeah. We, we work in a goldfish bowl and we fully expect people are watching what we're doing and trying to figure out what they're doing or, you know, ooh, look at all the shiny. And we want everything <laughs> to look clean and shiny. We want everybody to understand that if you need to, you could eat off our floor because we keep that floor that clean. We keep our tanks that clean. You know, we, we strive to, to maintain that same food process knowledge that every kitchen should have and uphold. As much as every brew house, as much as every distiller, as much as every cheesemonger or dairy plant, all of them, you know, we're all being regulated. It's just a trickle down effect as to who was regulated first and more stringently. But ultimately, we're all going to be held accountable in the same manner. I normally wouldn't accept that invitation, but your beer and your brew house is so clean and that hot chicken sandwich coming out of that kitchen. I would eat it off of your brewery floor. You could, I promise you. Oh, I would have no problem with that. It would be delightful. Man, I really appreciate it, David. It's always a joy catching up with you. I think that people need to check out your brewery. Um, is there anywhere that they can find your beer uh, in package or places around they should check out? So we are getting ready to kick off our second kickstand location. Kickstand is our farmer's market stands. We have one currently at the West Shore Farmer's Market in Lemoyne, right outside Camp Hill. Yeah. And we're going to be opening another one at the new Market House Farmer's Market that'll be a year-round indoor farmer's market in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Uh, and that should be opening here in the next couple of weeks. And we will have canned fridges specifically on site. So the owners of West Shore have allowed you to purchase and imbibe on site as long as it's not in Gearhouse's booth space. Uh, And then at Columbia, they're going to be actually using us as their only alcohol vendor because it's also a private event space. 
So That's from what amazing. I understand, we're already supplying some beer for another uh, engagement party or something that they have coming up in the next week or two. That's beautiful. Congratulations to the new couple, man. That's uh, You guys, you, you're visionaries in the way that you look at things, and you're always looking for opportunities. And I have to say, I appreciate all of the things that you do and all the things that you're trying, man, because I know it's not easy. You guys work so hard. I've seen it over the years, how hard you have worked and how much you put into your business, literally and physically, every single year. So thank you for all of that, David. Uh, check out Gearhouse. Find them on the socials, you know, all their uh, Facebooks and Instagrams and all the places you could uh, want to get that information. But it's definitely worth the trip. Bring your bike if you're into that, but don't oh, miss yeah. it out because it's a great time. David, thank you so much. Great to see you again. Take care. Cheers, bud.